This is Comrade and Kaiser Movie Review, Episode 5, Ghostbusters 2. We're Comrade and Kaiser Movie Review. We watch a lot of movies so you don't have to. We're Comrade and Kaiser, we're not that crazy. We just can't agree with democracy. Hey. Hello, and welcome to Comrade and Kaiser Movie Review, the podcast where we like to talk about fascism. Now back in vogue, thanks to the great leader Donald Trump. Communism, the ideology of everyone opposed to Donald Trump. And today, Ghostbusters 2, and how we can get that creepy painting into the White House. I am your host, Hans Gruber III, known as Kaiser. And this is my looting backer co-host, Sergei Melenkov, also known as Comrade. As we record this, we must acknowledge the mass protests and looting which is taking place throughout the United States. The people have cowardly risen up and are now selfishly demanding their right not to live in a police state of justice and peace. And great leader Donald Trump is killing it with breaking up protesters with tear gas and holding Bibles upside down. So great! In many ways, this podcast represents both sides, but how anyone can take Trump's side is perfectly reasonable. That's why, hey, who said that? What are you talking about? You are speaking perfectly logically for once. This wasn't me. Puh, go figures. The plight of the minorities in the United States is absolutely... Uh, okay. And as for... Alright, I did not say that. Ben, was that you? Uh, no, guys. It looks like we've been taken over by corporate... Heroes. Aw, oh, come on. How did that ever happen? Remember that time we did that endorsement of baby shampoo? Against my will, might I add. If babies were meant to be clean, there would never be such a thing as the French. But those babies had so much money! How could we say no? Yeah, well, there was a clause in the contract that essentially linked our whole operation to Foxcom, Walmart, and JP Morgan. All three? It was a very long contract, and honestly, I just needed the money to pay for my... Conservative media, cheap goods, and investment banking habit. Wait a minute. Why are they only censoring you and me and not Hans over here? Do you really have to ask? Fair point. I don't know what you're all complaining about. This is great. We get money. Our corporate overlords collect all the stupid garbage communists and liberals spew out. That takes us to another segment we'd like to address to all looters. Please, Please looters, looters, don't, don't loot our right aid. Here at the program, we know we like to skewer each other about leftist or rightist politics, but today we would like to show how much more alike we are than different. Actually, we are more different than alike, but we can agree on one thing. Please, Please loot us. Don't, don't loot the right aid. aid. The fascist position on right aid may surprise you. As corporate megalith in the drugstore and pharmacy market, we applaud it. The communist position too is relatively gentile. 
Sure, they may be a corporate megalith in the drugstore and pharmacy market, but they also own the Italian bookstore's chain Gionti al Punto Libreria, one of the largest sellers of Dos Capital and the works of Antonio Gramsci in the entire world. Plus, the workers of Rite Aid are plenty oppressed by their corporate stooges. That's a plus for the company. That's right. If anyone deserves to loot it, it's the workers of Rite Aid. But even then, why loot when they already have great deals on toilet paper and shaving kits? So cheap, it's practically looting. Yo, and the customer service can't be beat. Who doesn't want to cut trailer trash and depressed urban blighters fresh from borrowing a lifetime of wages on their theta arts degree? Serve you and your family as you buy the medicine these workers simply can't afford. Luta Prada, a Gucci, a button on pianin, all you want. I do not think America has a button on pianin. Yes, it's a sad state of affairs without a button on pianin. I got a 200 euro gravy pan the other day and I said to myself, do I even eat gravy, much less have a need for a specially designed pan for it? What the I was, felt forced to buy it from the people who convinced me a gravy pan was necessary. It's not just for gravy, it's also for ajou. But ajou already comes at the bottom of a roasting pan. What is a separate ajou pan for then? It's already in the pan. Damn you, Patin und Panin. Damn you all to hell. Uh, okay. The point is, please, please looters, don't loot a right aid. They are surprisingly beloved by both communists and fascists. So, Ghostbusters 2. Here's a movie that was a complete cash grab. Oi, I can't believe you see it first. Hey, then it's true, it's true. It starts out with a clear red ooze seeping upward on the surface streets of New York. A great analogy for all the communist scum rising to the surface of such a wretched liberal city. Hey, just because Jim de Blasio eats pizza with a knife and fork does not mean he's a communist. Doesn't it though? Doesn't it really? Trump also eats pizza with a knife and fork. So, a baby carriage runs into the ooze and shortly after spreads along the city streets without the aid from hand or machine, possessed as if by demons or the madness that comes following a Jonas Brothers concert. The baby is none other than that of Dana. Sigourney Weaver's Ghostbusters character who, after a harrowing experience with a giant marshmallow man, happens to know none other but the Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters are now impoverished and forced to debase themselves at children's birthday parties. Ah, children are the worst! I once gave a fountainhead reading at a nine-year-old's birthday party, and let me tell you, those little bastards just can't understand the fundamentals of arrogance and the greatness of Anne Rand. Hmm, a fascist who loves Anne Rand? 
There's a shocker. Anyway, Dana works as an art restorer where her boss is Janosch, a stereotype of every Hungarian creep I've ever met. So that means every Hungarian. Well, most, yeah. But this is only why my friend Victor Orban has to be so forceful. Can you imagine an entire country of creepy art restore guys from Ghostbusters 2? You can't have a country like that. You can barely operate a waffle house like that. I don't know. I've been to some pretty creepy waffle houses. Yeah, me too. But have you ever been to a Hungarian waffle house? A whole other level. And you know what? They don't even seem to work at all. You go in for hash browns, all smothered and covered, but you only get goulash and sexual harassment over everything. And I mean everything. So there you have it. If you've ever been to a Hungarian waffle house, you know just how creepy this guy is. After some very awkward passes to Dana, he stays behind with a painting of Vigo the Carpathian. A brutal tyrant from the 16th century comes in. We guess it's from the Carpathian. Yeah, now this is a guy we can get behind. He's intimidating, forceful, a guy who really knows what he wants, and boy, he has a huge codpiece. You know what they say about men with big codpieces, don't you? Yeah, the bigger the codpiece, the bigger the massive Man, no one actually thinks that. The bigger the codpiece, the bigger the David Bowie fan. Keep up. So, the painting comes to life, shooting lightning and some sort of a ray at Janosch, enchanting him with a classic Vico charm, and telling Janosch that he must bring him a child. Naturally, Janosch thinks of Dana's baby. What a perfect fit. How can you tell which baby is right for which evil Carpathian painting spirit? That's easy. There was a convenient satanic children's poem used as a guide for this. Let's see. A little bit of Motica in my life, a little bit of Erika on my side, a little bit of Rita's all I need, a little bit of Tina's what I see, a little bit of Sandra in the sun, a little bit of Mary all night long, a little bit of Jessica, here I am, a little bit of me makes you your man. Ha! And by you, you mean Oscar, the baby from Ghostbusters 2. Let me see here. Uh, yeah, says right here, Oscar goes to Vigo the Carpathian. That settles it. So, in an almost separate set of events, the Ghostbusters research the case of rampant baby carriage and in doing so, locate a river of red ooze flowing through the abandoned beach nomadic transit system. That is so on the nose. Nothing breeds rivers of slimy communists like public transit. Duh, Pravda. Communism would have collapsed in the 1950s if it were not for Moscow Metro. Well, that and millions of German POWs used as slave labor. But either way, plenty of slimy communists were the result. <coughs> Brezhnev. Ray, played by Dan Aykroyd, is lowered in after jackhammering through the city street and manages to take a sample 
just as the ooze attacks him and the police arrest Ghostbusters above. The Ghostbusters go on trial and the angry judge is stopped ranting by the ooze sample brought in as evidence. It apparently hates angry tirades and two ghosts spring forth from the ooze, determined to hunt down the judge who sentenced them to death. I mean really, can this ooze not be a representative of anything but communism? It makes hypocritical statements on bourgeois capital punishment and hates the inspirational speeches of Führers everywhere, instead preferring the smooth dulcet sounds of mediocre bureaucrats like Stalin or in this case Bill Murray. So true, I never realized how much Bill Murray is exactly like Stalin. So then the Ghostbusters persuade the judge to drop the case in exchange for putting the ghosts away. They do so and are freed. Then. We can't forget the shameless panda ring to the baby boom generation with the red ooze being added to the toaster and making it dance to Jackie Wilson's higher und higher. I half expected Forrest Gump to come out with a glass of tang and a story about meeting a Herman's hermit in Vietnam. That actually would have been more interesting. Well, I never understood why Mr. Noon was always leaning on that lamppost just there, but he always did say, Mrs. Brown has got a lovely daughter, but not as lovely as my Janessa. And just after that meeting, a guy named Charlie shot them all. I still wonder if it was against that lamppost he'd like so much. I don't understand what's going on. Boomers, if you are capable of accessing the internet, please donate at patreon.com slash comrade and kaiser and hear more renditions of Forrest Gump telling naive and innocent stories that had no chance of happening, but ones that only you would be able to understand because you're a boomer. That's patreon.com slash comrade and kaiser. Donate today. What? That was pretty shameful to pander to boomers like that. Eh, they're the only ones in America with any money anymore. So true. So, Dana and Oscar are attacked by Red Slime as they get naked in the bathroom. An odd choice to have a baby in an erotic bathroom slime scene. Eh, agreed. Eh, move on. She runs back to Peter played by Stalin incarnate Bill Murray, where they rekindle their relationship. Oh yeah, they once dated but stopped and Oscar is not Peter's baby. Big deal. Let's see, then there's Ghostbusters secretary and accountant start dating. Really has no relevance to the story, so we can't figure out why it's here. Egon and Ray start fighting, but realize it's because of the slime and the slime is in a river that flows directly into the museum, where Dana and creepy Hungarian stereotype guy work. Huh, I don't know what it is with you communists and public transits and museums. It's like you want the world to be efficiently transported and educated or something. Yes, very odd. So, the Ghostbusters get arrested again for barging into a restaurant full of slime. They get arrested more than a kulak who goes to church. 
or a Bolshevik in Nazi Germany, or a Bolshevik in Bolshevik Russia. You guys really like arresting people. So, the Ghostbusters are sent in an insane asylum. Oscar takes a walk on a building ledge where he is taken by Janos in drag and in flying ghost form. Yeah, don't ask. Rivers of slime engulf the museum and Dana goes there to take back her son, who is surrounded by candles in an ever so cringeworthy occult ritual. She is in, imprisoned by magic and is explained that Oscar will be the human vessel that carries the spirit of Vigo the Carpathian. With the red woods on the loose, ghosts start terrorizing the entire city. Minka Kots attack you? Yes, just like in Soviet Russia when Brezhnev-era officials forgot to kill them first to make their quota. The Titanic arrives and the police are inundated with requests for help. The mayor is forced to get the Ghostbusters out of the psychiatric ward and win the day. The Ghostbusters simply can't defeat the slime with their lasers. So, they do the next logical thing. Spray positively charged slime over the inside of the Statue of Liberty. Hook it up to an original Nintendo controller and play boomer music to get it excited. It's so simple. I can't believe they didn't think of it before. Also, they go to the museum, break a glass dome with a fist at the Statue of Liberty, stop the weird Hungarian guy with positive slime, and after a feared battle with lasers, slime, magical forces, and thousands of singing New Yorkers outside of the building, Vigo the Carpathian is defeated, and the painting transforms to a portrait of the Ghostbusters and Oscar the Baby. So what do you think? Does Ghostbusters 2 deserve a fiacious stamp of approval? Nine. First of all, I have many friends from the Carpathians who would not at all like to be depicted as 16th century tyrants. I also have many other friends from the Carpathians who would like to be depicted as 16th century tyrants. But that gets us into another story. Why were we not told about Vigo the Carpathian's plan for world domination and have an amicable debate with the Ghostbusters as to why this is bad for the city of New York? American propaganda at its worst. Uh, I agree, except for the part about the debate with a demon living inside of a painting. They just can't be reasoned with. All in all, this movie makes no attempt to have the painting overthrown by the proletariat, although some effort was made in the end by getting together the people of New York for a sing-along, but then portrait of Ghostbusters at the end should have been portrait of New York Soviet instead. Probably of various leaders giving speeches, peasants citing wheat, and maybe a little girl reading a book. It would be called Proletariat Defeat Superstitions through education and productivity. Ouch! Burn on the entire concept of the occult! Stupid communist! Everyone knows paintings can come alive and steal babies. How do you think Angela Merkel came into this world? <sighs> anyway, that means Ghostbusters 2 gets absolutely no stamp of communist or facial approval. That takes us to the next episode, which will be 
Sorry guys, you're getting cancelled. Vicious producers of the world, damn you! Those dumb communists! It appears we have run out of money. The studio is throwing us out, and we have no resources to continue in another one. If you'd like to keep this program going, by all means, donate on patreon.com slash comrade and kaiser. Any bit will help the program continue next year and will let us get into a new studio. We apologize for wrapping up season one so early, but a combination of the coronavirus and the birth of my baby prevented us from getting very far. At any rate, I want to thank you for listening. And until there is revival, extremism out. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do.